This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome citizen. Gentlemen, woohoo! Welcome to woohoo! Another woohoo! Dig show woohoo! Citizen woohoo! Uh, episode woohoo! 100 woohoo! And 80 woohoo! Woohoo, Luke! Woohoo! Hi, hi, bro. Hi, everybody. 180. The woohoos. Yeah. Yep. The woohoos. The woohoos are back. Um, yeah. Uh, what is what is happening in the background, Fro? That's a very good question. <laughs> Lucas found out I live, live in New York today. Apparently, <laughs> there's like so much stuff happening in the background. There's like fire engines or something going by earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I promise you, I'm at home. <laughs> just a little uh, noise. It's just active uh, there, yeah. It's usually not that active uh, where you are no. uh, at your house, but yeah. Uh, it's been so a crazy couple of months, actually, really, for yeah. us. I think we should mention this. I don't think we've really mentioned this at all. Like, we kind of, I think everybody kind of knows, but it's been a crazy two months, bro, for this podcast. Oh, you don't say, do you? <laughs> I mean, it, like,. We lost the computer, and we had to figure out a way to record, and then you go to the mm. hospital not once, but twice, and uh, everything we've had to do to kind of, like, maintain this podcast and keep it going in the last two months has been nuts. Um, thanks, everybody, for sticking around. I know, like, last week we didn't have as great listenership because we posted on a Thursday, Fro, but uh, or two weeks ago, but last week we were back up again, so... Thanks to everybody for sticking around with us, even though it's been hard for us to get all these podcasts out. We're glad you are listening to them. So, people are listening to us, really. <laughs> it is true. Yeah, <laughs> it has been such I a struggle, it, though. I, I thought it just was the two of us talking. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, we're recording this. <laughs> You never told me that before. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I, I just, I just thought you were kidding when you said let's do a podcast together. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. No. We're on Spotify. I can listen to myself on Spotify. 
Is that a, is that the ultimate like self? Um, like self indulgence is is listening back to yourself because I did listen to the podcast back. Is that like is that uh, a negative thing? Some people might say so, I guess, but I don't think. Well, at least for <laughs> me, I always I um I always listen back mostly for quality control more than anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. I like the thing is when we record, we talk and we talk and we talk, and then even if I like. After I edit, I'll listen back to it while I'm editing. But right afterwards, you really can't get the feel for it. Like you listen back two days later, and then you'll be like, "Yeah, I, I don't remember saying any of this stuff <laughs> because you're, yeah, we're just sitting here going. We're, we we turn the we hit the record button and we go. And then uh, two days later, you listen back and go, "What was that? Like last week, I was not super happy with the show. Fro was happy with the show. <laughs> um, yeah, but." That's just it. Just how it it is. How it is. Hit the button and go. Right. So, I mean, it's 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 things we plan and it's things we don't plan. It's a it's a combination of those two two things. Like news and things. Like we we always plan uh, forward. Uh, we never know uh, which television shows uh, you and me have watched if we haven't watched together or a movie or anything and we never know if the main topic is going to be a hit or a miss it depends it depends on um, um, a lot of factors I would say I liked last week's show I really did Uh, yeah I think maybe because we were going to do the main topic like two weeks beforehand uh yeah uh, we kind of we had thought about it for weeks, and then we got into the main topic. I felt like we got a little bit off track, a little lost. Uh, I thought we covered everything, but I felt like we didn't cover it in like the most chronological best order we could have. I guess maybe I'm being a little too hard on us, on myself and you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it, that I get it is how it is. Uh, as far as I'm, I'm a little critical of myself a lot of the time, so. I mean, you can be you can be critical at me. I don't I don't mind. <laughs> I'm 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 quite critical of of myself, so that's that's more than okay for right, me. Yeah. Uh, no. So I was thinking this week because we're we're not going to talk a lot about Brexit news this news uh, this week. We because we don't really have any Brexit news, and to be honest with you. People, we are a little tired of Brexit. <laughs> Both me and Luke are a little like, oh, fuck, just get get over with it. Find out, find out what you want to do. Well, I mean, it's almost guaranteed we're going to cover it next week because of the the date that's the big date coming up as far as like the deadline. Uh-huh. So yeah, uh, no real reason to cover it this week. I mean, there's a lot of speculation as to what's going to happen and this and that, but. Uh, nothing definite, but yeah, we'll definitely get something only, definite next week. So, yeah, the only thing that uh, we didn't have in the news that we we should just say very shortly on Thursday, the day after we had the podcast, they did have a vote uh, that would, they would search uh, for a delay by the EU. Uh, and it's been speculated, I should say, that the EU is saying, well, 
we're not going to give you a delay without a very, very, very good reason. <laughs> right, but that, again, that's something that already been said in the past. Remember when Macron came out and said, no, we're not going to allow you to have a delay. So, I mean, it's not new news, but it, it, they did try to pass the a bill to, like, talk about a delay, but I don't think that's going to happen. At least, to, no. I, I don't think so, so. Uh, strangely enough, not uh, much update on the whole uh, Russia scandal this week. It's been silent from America this week. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, we don't really, did we have any Trump or anything kind of news? No, not, we didn't even have any Trump news. No, nothing, nothing. And uh, and uh, it's been it's been one of those week where uh, I've heard two things in the news this week, and we're going to cover both of them. First, uh, that Facebook. Uh, we even had. Well, I should stop saying we. Uh, Luke had a, a problem last week. If you listen back to the podcast. Luke suddenly couldn't come into our Facebook group in the middle of the show. Right, uh, and I was trying to find he, an article on there that Jeremy had posted, right. Right. And uh, um, r- was it right after you and me hang up, you sent me an article about like saying that Facebook and Instagram was like totally out? Hey, yeah, something. I wasn't even done editing yet. But I tried to get on there, and then it was out. I finished editing the podcast, and it was another two hours, two and a half hours, till I could actually post it onto Facebook. It was on SoundCloud, it was on Spotify, it was on iTunes. But posting it onto Facebook took another two hours to even get on there. And then um, for a while, I was wondering if anybody could even see it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, is anybody even viewing what I just posted? Yeah, very strange. But let's get into it. Uh... Yeah, because Facebook and Instagram are officially back and blaming server configurations change for outage. Take us through this. Uh, they blamed the outage on a stretch that stretched into Thursday morning on server configuration change. The world's largest social network said that it resolved the issue, which affected millions of Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp users starting Wednesday. Uh, they said we made our server configuration change that triggered a cascading series of issues. As a result, many people had difficulty accessing our apps and services. Uh, the sheer complexity of such massive networks can make it difficult to figure out what cause what co- what's causing a problem, especially if it's in- intermittent. Uh, said Sandy Bird, chief technical officer of the computer security firm uh, Sonray Security. Uh, I'm sure there were a lot of people up all night working on this. Uh, It was... Oh, but one of the remarkable... Sorry. One of the remarkable things for its global spread and duration, it lasted nearly 24 hours. The outage in... Intermittently interrupted service on all Facebook apps, making it the worst outage in the company's history. There we Mm -hmm. go. I guess the last big Facebook outage was in 2008. It lasted about a day. This one lasted about the same amount of time. But uh, I'm guessing since 2008 was 10 years ago, there was a lot less people on Facebook to, um, to have 
to be affected by it, where this uh, this affected Instagram and WhatsApp as well, so tons of people were going nuts. Uh, they said, uh, I read an article that said Twitter all of a sudden like gained 300,000 people in like an hour or something. Wow. <laughs> I think they all left already again, but they needed somewhere to go to like say, hey, what's going on? And they went to Twitter. So Yeah. Uh, and isn't it kind of strange that this week I got the mail from Google saying that if you have anything you want on your Google Plus account, you should download it uh, now because I think it's the 2nd of April. Uh, they are officially officially taking it down. Right, okay. I think it's the 2nd of April. Don't, don't take my word for it, but... As I remember it right now, it's the second of April. <laughs> I saw an article about uh, the inner, you know, Internet ar- Archive. Uh, it's just a site that archives everything basically on the internet, right. and they, they've been working yeah. overtime to try to get Google Plus completely archived. I guess. Um, so if you do want to, for some reason in the future, go back and look what people posted on Google Plus. I have no idea why you would want to do that. Um, you could on on Internet Archive in the future. Why? I don't know. I don't know why anybody would need to do that. <laughs> like, there's absolutely. Did I ever post anything to Google Plus or Plus? I actually don't think so. Did you? I probably at the very beginning when I first got it, I might have like tried it out or whatever to see it. But yeah, I remember maybe. like. There was a very few people on there that I knew. Um, right. And then after we're, after a while, it just became like a business platform more than a social media network. So. so the other big thing that was this new week, and of course we're going to be incredibly insane if we don't talk about this, is uh, the New Zealand, new Zealand shooting. Uh and, um, yeah, it's been, thankfully, um, like, I, in my mind, it was a long time since we had a terror attack, since, uh, what, what Paris? Was that the last one? Jeez, um, no, I want to say there was one here in America recently, with, like, a kid, um. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, there was one here in America pretty recently. I mean, there's ones yeah. in America all the time that the news doesn't talk about. The one, the reason this one right. was really big news is because it wasn't in America, and that makes it big news. Yeah. <laughs> if something this happens all the time in America, when it does, when it happens somewhere else, it becomes huge news. Um, I think this also think- kind of had everything in it. It had, yeah, Facebook. It had uh, racism. It had. It not being in America, it, it had everything that kind of the news wanted to, to attach onto, so it became just huge news because of just all, everything that was involved in it, really. So, And it, and it was in the final of... Uh, did it win? No, it was in the final of the, the, the terrorist, uh, terrorist tournament you and me had. What are you I talking about? <laughs> The, the countries that we want to visit, New Zealand was... Oh, number two. Was, uh, <laughs> you number said two. terrorist tournament, and I was like, we did a 
tournament about terrorists. <laughs> right? Tourists. It sounded like you said terrorist tournament. Oh my god, that's terrible. <laughs> no, tourists. <laughs> it's like I don't remember doing that. <laughs> Welcome to. <laughs> No, I said tourist. I promise you. (laughs) But yeah, uh, we're not really going to go deep into this because it's really been covered. It's been been covered up and down and uh, west and left. Right. So we're going to kind of cover everything around this. Um, New Zealand Prime Minister urges her nation to make uh, the gunman nameless, which uh, we have been doing here for the entire time we've been doing this podcast, I want to say. Maybe at the beginning we might have mentioned some names, but we decided at some point never to name the names uh, of any of these people, uh, and it's good to see... The only, yeah, the only uh, uh, thing we, we decided pretty early on was saying Breivik's name, and but that was... I think we. A, I think we said that before we ever made the decision to like not say it, and right. that might have been one of the one of the turning points for us when we went. Okay, maybe we shouldn't be like yeah, but yeah. Uh, that that was a whole that was a strange uh, situation because it was in Norway and it was like the first the only thing that like that that's ever happened there. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I guess it's kind of similar with this one, in a way. So, yeah, there's some <laughs> many similarities to this. Like we will come back to that a little later. But uh, yeah, no, I agree with uh, Jacobin Arden. Right in her first speech uh, to the nation's parliament last week, uh, after last week's attack. Uh, she said the gunman should be denied publicity he was seeking. That's why you will never hear me mention his name, she said. He's a terrorist, he's a criminal, he's an extremist. Uh, but he w- will, when I speak, be nameless. Uh, he may have sought notori- notoriety, but we in New Zealand will give him nothing, not even his name. So yeah. that, that's how they're treating this. I, I agree with it. Um, I mean, if you go look it up, you can find the guy's name super easy it's not difficult uh just go you to cnn.com <laughs> and you'll find it I, pretty I, easy I, I actually don't know his name like literally oh okay well yeah i mean i have kept myself in darkness because I, i'm i'm like no i don't want to know about him i don't care about him i care about the 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 people that's standing uh, 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 away from him, taking like offense to him and all the kids and people he has hurt by his actions. Those are the people I care about. I don't care about him. He has lost his um, right to be mentioned. Right. I just so. think in the past, it's definitely been the case, or uh, it's definitely been the case in the past where, um, these things have been not, I wouldn't say glorified, but well, almost uh, glorified in a negative way. You know what I mean? Um, Mm. Where it's almost kind of uh, 
fetishized or something like that, where it's like uh, the the big news media outlets like they'll only cover it if it's like one step up from the last shooting. You know what I mean? So it's almost encouraging people, these crazy people, to step it up one notch from the last one. You know what I'm saying, bro? And that's the really, really bad part is that uh, doing that in the news can push people to to go even further, even th- or even to start thinking about it in the first place. Mm. Um, and so yeah, I think this is a good idea. I think it's gonna. I think this idea is gonna move into other other things in the future. But I still think that here in America. Uh, the the major news outlets are still gonna uh they're still gonna go for the shock value stories and things like that and there's i don't think they're gonna move away from it but they might not mention the names you know what i'm saying but i I mean there's two ways of looking at celebrity as i look at it if i do i'm going to use a very um good example in my mind. If you look at Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby, before all the allegations of his misconduct came out of, was looked at as a goofy man with a celebrity status talking about pudding. That's, That's more or less what we knew about Bill Cosby before the allegations of his misconduct came out. Wouldn't you agree? He was a TV star that said pudding. He never was... I I mean, there was um, some some time during the Bush years where he came out and he was talking... He's saying things like about rap music and he coming off very Republican. Let's say that. So there were times in the past where he... um, he, I saw him in negative light before that, but that maybe that's just me. Okay. But uh, if uh, I say Bill Cosby today, I will promise you the first thing you don't think of is pudding. The first thing you take, think of is rape. The first thing you think of is... is that's, that's, the, I still think of pudding pops, the, actually, but I, I'm, I, think it's ingrained, really? I think it's ingrained in me, pudding pops, at this point. But, but but for me for me it's like the allegations uh, against him uh, uh, what like R Kelly uh, the first thing I think of is child molester I don't think of uh, believe I can fly. Uh yeah I thought of that before though I guess <laughs> this is that this is that thing where it's like uh, we were talking about with with him where it's like everybody knew you know what I mean it's not it wasn't right. yeah it's. We talked about the college scandal last week in the TV round, and that's the same thing. Mm. It's like, maybe other people in other countries don't realize this, but everybody in America knows that rich people cheat to get in college. Everybody knows. Oh, yeah. That wasn't a surprise to anybody, um, except for the news, apparently. Yeah, no, I I wasn't. I, I knew about that because I've seen television shows. Like, it's a plot in television shows. Right, that's a good point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or at movies and things like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it this is kind of uh, I, I'm trying to relate this back to this this whole article. Um, but I guess what you're, what we're trying what we're saying is like uh, 
Bill Cosby, I guess, he was one thing and now he's something else. This person, right. if we... It's just this, yeah. Right. It, it, by not naming him, he's nothing. Where he yeah. would have been nothing before, he did this, and right. he did it to become something. And if you right. use his name, you make him something like Bill Cosby or something Ooh. like that. Even if it's right. negative, it's still something where before he was nothing, right. you don't name him, and then he's absolutely nothing. Is that, that the that, point we're trying to make? That, yes, that was exactly my uh, my point. Okay. It is a little hard to explain because it's so like, um, it's so ingrained in us to be curious about about things and want to know like every detail. Um, but sometimes it's better to just le- let it be, I guess. It's a little like when we talked about uh, the sky fishing. Do you remember him when we talked about sky fish? Oh, right. Yeah, and rods. Right. And I said. The, the rods, and I said to you that uh, uh, I would rather not know it was a photo trick than, <laughs> than, than actually finding out it was just a photo trick. <laughs> like so, some, some, sometimes it doesn't really hurt people if they don't know uh, know the truth or, or, or know all of the story. So by not, not naming him who are we hurting, really, by not naming him? Absolutely nobody. We're hurting his ego. Right. And I, but I th- still think the it, the issue needs to be talked about because, like, it's, like, the overall issue, because if we don't talk about it and it goes underground, it's just going to get worse. You ha- still have to talk about the issue, but you don't have to yeah. talk about the person. So let's move on to your article about this whole thing from Norway. Yeah, because New Zealand Musk gunman claims Norway's Breivik inspired terror attack. The New Zealand Musk attacker claimed inspiration from the Norwegian right-wing extremist Anders Bering Breivik uh, at the deadly rampage to Christian Church on Friday. Uh, extremists around the world have sought in to emulate Breivik since the attacks in Norway who left 77 people dead in 2011. Uh, the Christchurch attacks bore of several features of Bravik's mass shooting, multicultural victim and uh, racist manifesto published online and in the script weapons. In, um, right, but isn't that true about like every almost every shooting here in America as well? <laughs> it's like th- well, those are just like pretty standard things for this kind of thing. So right. Uh, but uh, here comes the part that's interesting. In the 74 doc- uh, document posted on Twitter, just became before the attack, the Christ, uh, Christchurch shooter said he took true inspirations from Knight Justical Breivik using terminology uh, reminiscent uh, by the use of the Norwegian extremists. I had only one brief contact with Justical Breivik, received a, a blessing for my mission after contacting his brother Knights about the shooter. Right, so uh, what he's saying is he contacted somebody who was in contact with him and said he got a blessing from them, not from the, from him directly, but from somebody associated with him, I guess? Yeah, uh, maybe. A lawyer for, for Breivik, I stand... 
Zurich told Vadenskang newspaper that it seemed unlikely that the Christchurch attacker had been in direct contact with Bravik, given the strict controls imposed on him in, in prison. Right, well, I mean, it says right here in the quote you just read, uh, contacted his brother knights. So, you're saying, like, somebody associated with him, he contacted and... Yeah, so we never actually talked to him, but he was talking to somebody associated with him. Um, I guess this just opens up the question that's really being talked about right now, uh, all over the place, is... Um, is this... Is this some kind of, like, is white supremacy taking over the world? Is there some kind of uh, international problem we need to focus on? What do you think? Yes, I do think so. Um, I've thought so for a very long time, to be honest. Um, See, I don't think so. But continue. Really? No, well, one of the reasons why I'm saying it is because when we talk of terror attacks, it's either like white gunmen like this, or people think it's Muslims. Like every every Muslim is a terrorist. Like that's one of the things that I think uh, uh, Breivik and this New Zealand gunman agrees on is that it's those fucking uh, terrorists uh, from another country that's coming and stealing our jobs and our... Uh, so it's it's based on racism. Well, yes, uh, but, but that's not, that's not... That wasn't my question. Do you think there's some kind of... Like... Um, some kind of overarching, like, giant cabal of people that needs to be dealt with uh, by some kind no, no, no. of governmental agency? No, no. Is there a giant conspiracy no, around no. the whole world uh, no. to, like, overthrow governments with white supremacists and things like that? Because no. that's kind of how people are treating it right now. Or and Definitely the no. scare tactics, they're trying to make it seem like... Uh, it just... The news really, they want to keep you scared of things. And, like, this is terrible, and this is happening in different places, but... I don't think that there's, like, a huge cabal of people that, like, Breivik and this guy and the guy in America, and they all, like, were talking to each other in some kind of underground secret white supremacy chat room, and they all, like, planning all these things together. I don't think that's the case. I think these are disconnected people who are have really um, bad values, and they, they were probably taught these values their whole life. Um, or learn them over time, and and I think they they are working off of each other in the sense that they see this on the news, and then they they follow the formula they see on the news. Other than that, I don't right. think there there's a big cabal of people that are all working together to 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 try to do this. I think there are people that believe that though. So I I don't know. I think it's a better proof. There's a cabal of people that's trying to make Muslims look as fucking guilty as possible. I've said this before, that uh, the religion of Muslims needs a better PR person. You have said that. I've heard you say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and I mean that 
in 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 the in the best way ever. I I don't mean that in an, in a racist way whatsoever. But what I'm I'm trying to say is that a lot of here's the thing, and and I'm I'm going to try to be as blunt as human possible here, and uh, I, this can maybe sound a little, little like weird. If this guy was a Christian, and and he went uh, to uh, the Muslim church and shot everybody and said, I'm doing this in, in the name of Jesus, what would happen the day after? All Christians in the world would come, come out and condemn his actions. 99% of the people that were uh, affiliated to his belief, if he had a Christian belief, would say, I don't support this person. If the same thing happened with a Muslim uh, person, it seems like uh, the Muslim community has been uh, harder at uh, denying and taking strong uh, 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 saying I, um, I I don't I don't follow him he's not my brother he's not a part of my religion condemning him because he is a Muslim I, f I feel that that has been a problem that the Muslim con uh, the Muslim belief system has not gone into as much as I feel uh, it, it would be easier for a Christian person to come out. I kind of understand content. what you're saying, but you got to understand how many Muslims there are in the world, millions. So it's it, what you're saying is is it, it is um, maybe in your in in your mind like. Uh, it seems like um, they aren't condemning it, but at the same time, some are, or, or lots are, but there's so many oh, yeah. Muslims that it's not like there's one, uh, there's no Pope of the Muslims, you know what I mean? <laughs> to, that's going to come out no. and say, right, uh, and condemn it, where if uh, Catholicism, it would be the Pope that would come out and do that, you know what I mean? And the other thing but, is, but, more than likely, uh, I'm they, guessing, I, have, I don't know this... For a fact, but I'm guessing this guy probably was a Christian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, but my guess is he probably is. Um, me too. But uh, but I'm I'm just saying that uh, imams, that is the holy leaders of Islam, as I understand it, has even like gone to, through like saying like, oh, he's he's a part of our brotherhood. We can't go out and say what he did was wrong like saying saying comments like that doesn't help you when the whole world is looking at your religion and saying look what your religion did it killed 10 people if you you can't clearly go out and say hey what he did was fucked up do you know what then your religion is fucked up too and that's the problem. That's the fucking problem. The problem is that they are not having a strong voice out. And I don't know it, if it's the media's fault or if it's the Muslims' fault. To be honest, I think it's probably a, a combination of both. 
that the, the media is not uh, interested in, in in saying that oh this this imam from this uh, mosque said he he he's a fucking asshole for being a mus- muslim and 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 killing 10 people but it's more it's more um the christian propaganda machine has the bigger wheels in into society and into media if he was clearly for example like you said a catholic the pope would come out tomorrow and said i don't support this crazy dude even though he is a catholic right i think that might be just the thing that the problem that you're that you are having here is that there isn't somebody like that uh, for their community to an overarching but i think that's part of the religion is that there are different sects sects of uh, muslims also so like there's one, there's two different sides uh, and they yeah. don't agree on everything all the time so yeah nope. like yeah th- there's a lot to say about that but overall um i don't think we we should be condemning them for anything uh, as far as this goes <laughs> No, and, no, and, no. And, I, I don't. I, I know you're not it. trying to do that, but it almost sounds like it. So I just want to save our asses a little bit here. Um, right, right. But yeah, as far as that goes, uh, I mean, the rhetoric that people have been stoking since nine eleven has caused right. these kind of things. Is really what it is. Yes. I mean, I, I heard something on the news just recently that like, oh, Trump d- d- divided America in half, and and that's. Oh. And and that no nine eleven was the thing that really started and divided this country in half, uh, the racist half and the other half of the people who were upset about it but weren't um, weren't putting uh, pictures of Osama bin Laden with like a, a crosshairs in the back of their pickup truck. There's the, there's the right. two two sets of people, um, and that and, but. And people want to say that Trump caused this division when really it it, it was already there, and Trump Trump um, capitalized it on that division to win the presidency. Speaking of rhetoric, though, let's go over to this video. Uh, Chelsea Clinton berated by students blaming her rhetoric for causing New Zealand shootings. Uh, yeah. Video of Chelsea Clinton being confronted by student several students who claimed her rhetoric had stoked the New Zealand mosque attacks went viral Saturday and allowed uh, for an unexpected bipartisan moment as Republicans came to her defense. Okay, let's play yeah. this video first, and then we'll go down and talk about uh, the Republicans that were ca- that came to her defense. Um, I'm going to load this video up real quick so I have it. Oh. Okay. And this is from the Washington Examiner? Well, this say? this is tweeted out, but this video is not from them. This uh, no, we're, no. we're just this is a place that this is the place that's in the article. But don't don't trust right. them because that's a bad newspaper, bro. <laughs> okay. Um, but this yeah. this was actually recorded on somebody's phone. It was posted on to YouTube first, and these guys just picked it up. So. Ah, uh, okay. I understand. Are you ready? Yep. In three, two, one, play. Oh, nope. Try that again. For some reason, it didn't play. Okay. In three, two, one, play. After all that you have done and all this on the podium that you have so I'm so sorry. Well, certainly, it's never my intention. I don't 
believe words matter. I believe we have to show We do matter. This, this, this right here is the result of a massacre stoked by people like you and the words that you have put out into the world. And I want Ooh. you to know that and I want you to feel that deep inside. The 49 people died because of the rhetoric that you put out there. And people. What does I'm sorry you feel that way mean? What does that mean? Uh, like, Alright. Wow. So, yeah, she, uh, girl confronts wow. her and says, uh, the rhetoric you, you, you spout is what caused this kind of thing. Uh, Clinton responded by putting her hands to her heart and telling the group that she felt sorry that her, uh, that they felt her comments were wrong. Um,. Uh, Clinton, the daughter of former President Bill Clinton, uh, was one of many political leaders who denounced an, uh, denounced anti-Semitism after Democratic Ilhan Omar criticized Israel's treatment of Palestinians and, and alleged money and lobbying were driving the United States to defend Israel and halt debate over the issue. Uh, critics, including some of Omar's fellow Democrats, said her comments about lobbying in Israel played into anti-Semitic tropes. After the, in the aftermath of her comments, the House took up the resolution that denounced anti-Semitism. Right, we talked a lot about that in the past, and so these people are saying that because she came out against uh, Ilhan Omar and basically t said that she was anti-Semitic. Um, that that caused or in maybe not caused but added to the rhetoric of being anti-muslim um what do you think about that from it's bullshit i mean they have a they have a point to a degree in the sense that it um i don't think it directly had any co like causal causation no, from no. this to that but i think that the rhetoric of um of being automatically against anybody who's uh who's against the it, it, the state of Israel automatically makes mm -hmm. you a bad person um and then the fact that Ilhan Omar is muslim th that could be construed by other people uh who are racist as being supportive of them does that make sense? Plus them, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So that's the way they're seeing it, as far as like uh, why they're why why they think that Chelsea Clinton caused or her comments uh, added to this, and then somebody comes out in her defense. Look who this is. Yeah, I know his name. His name is Donald Trump Jr. And he said in the Trump, it's sickening to see people blame at Chelsea Clinton for the New Zealand attacks because. She spoke against our anti-Semitism. I almost said something else there. I almost said Semitism. It's, it's, it's not the same. Um, we should all consider anti-Semitism in all forms of hate. Uh, Chelsea should be praised for speaking up. Everyone who doesn't understand this is the part of the problem. Said Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> Donald Trump Jr. said the other people are part of the problem. That's rich. And then she gets, uh, uh, you go down here, Candace Owens came to her defense. Uh, Mike yeah. Huckabee came to her defense. All these Republicans yep. are backing Chelsea Clinton on this. So, yeah. Yeah. 
I'm not sure if I was Chelsea Clinton, if I would be like, Look at supporting me! Double top Jr. <laughs> I'm sure if I'm not sure if I would be happy <laughs> if Donald Trump <laughs> Jr. said, "Do you know what? I agree with what process." <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like the opposite of an endorsement, is what that is. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I, I listened to another digital citizen. They make sense. <laughs> we would just have to stop doing the podcast if that happened, I think. <laughs> so now you know how, how to shut us up, people. It's just get Donald Trump Jr. to tweet that he likes the podcasts. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, we covered a, a bunch of stories that are around, kind of surrounding that whole thing. I think we covered everything. Anything else we need to touch on? About no, the whole incident. Awful. It was awful. It will happen again. Yeah. And more than likely in America, it'll happen sooner than later. I, I, there was one the one thing, I think it was in... God, I want to say Iceland, but it might have been the Netherlands. There was like a shooting where people died on a bus or round. a train. Right. And that just got buried in the news. Nobody even knew that happened, basically. so Nine people dead or something. Right. Um, and it got just overshadowed by the other one. So, yeah. that's. I mean, mm. it just is the case that, like, some, some are going to happen and you're never going to hear about them. And some are going to happen and it's going to be the biggest news all over the whole world. So, let's move on. Meteor bra- blast mm. over the Bering Sea was ten times the size of Hiroshima. Holy crap. Yeah. Uh, a meteor explosion this. over the Bering Sea late last year unleashed ten times as much energy as an atomic bomb, or as the atomic bomb that destroyed Hiroshima, scientists have revealed. The fireball ball tore across the sky of Russia, Russia's Kamacha Peninsula on 18th of December and released energy equivalent to 173 kilotons of TNT. It was the largest air blast since another meteor hurtled into the atmosphere over Russia's south, uh, over Russia's southwest six years ago, and the second largest in the past thirty years. Why does it always happen right over Russia? That's a little weird. <laughs> uh, NASA received information about the blast from the U.S. Air Force after a military satellite detected a visible infrared light fr- from the fireball in December. Planetary defense officer at NASA told BBC that the blast of this of this size were expected only two or three times in a century. So it was a very, very, very rare event. Uh, and we're just finding out about it, I guess. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. And we see a dash cam image of this meteor in t- from 2013. It looks really, really, really cool. It says here, at its most intense, the fireball burned 30 times brighter than the sun. The flash click we gave way to, excuse me, a shockwave that knocked people off their feet and shattered windows in thousands of apartments. No one was killed, but more than 1,200 people were injured by flying glass. Holy crap. Some sustained retinal burns from watching the spectacle. So, yeah, that... This is intense. So, uh, some uh, 
person I have never heard of uh, has jumped into the presidential race. Betty Beto O'Rourke? Right, Beto O'Rourke. Everybody online uh, is calling him Bet on a Stork, but um, I think that's just a joke online. Uh, okay. I know absolutely nothing about him. He's the guy who lost to Ted Cruz in the Texas Senate race. Ah, okay. Right. Uh, so, yeah, he lost. That's, well, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, losing it against Ted Cruz in the Senate race, that makes you a very, very, very good candidate for president. Right, against Trump. Yeah, definitely means you're yes. going to beat Trump if you can't beat Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. That's how that works. Even though right. Trump beat Ted Cruz. Uh, hmm. <laughs> Don't tell him. This guy has basically become kind of, I, I call him Kamala Harris uh, 2.0. It's like okay. the Kamala Harris software failed when she went on that uh, radio show and talked about marijuana. Remember that? And mm-hmm. she just disappeared after that because that was just a huge gaffe, obviously. And this guy is kind of the second-gen software that the Democrats are coming out and trying to push. So, Beto O'Rourke says he was born to run for president. Mm. What is he, a prince? What is this? This isn't a monarchy, buddy. Um, (laughs) The former Texas congressman announced Thursday that he will enter the race for the 2020 Democratic presidential nomination. Um... First step on his 2020 presidential campaign, a coffee shop in Iowa, where he took questions uh, from a would-be caucus uh, from would-be caucus goers. Uh, and this is a quote from him: "Amy and I are happy. This, this is from him and his wife, I guess. Amy and I are happy to share with you that I am running to serve you as the next president of the United States. This is a defining moment for our for this country and for every single one of us." The challenges that we face right now are interconnected crisis of in our economy, our democracy, and our climate have never been greater, and they will either consume us or they will afford us the greatest opportunity to unleash the genius of the United States of America. But do you know why I will vote for this guy, Luke? Uh, I don't know. He has a black dog. Is that a reason to vote for somebody? (laughs) (laughs) It was a joke. Okay. (laughs) He's on the front of Vanity Fair, and and in the uh, right corner, you see a black lab. Right, and this is where he told Vanity Fair, I'm just born to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. That is just, maybe it's just me, but that's really off-putting to say that. To me, maybe as an American. it's Maybelline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. You haven't heard that song? Born to be president. <laughs> to be president. <laughs> Did you hear that song? Look, is my favorite song uh, by the yeah. Boss. Right. A work <laughs> becomes the fifteenth Democrat to enter the race to decide who will take on Trump in this general election. So. Just another person adding to this Democratic field. I'm guessing more will be to come. I saw... Oh, the, one thing. This guy... Some... He raised... He, well, he released a figure that he raised six... Po- Remember Bernie Sanders raised $6 million in the first 24 hours, bro? Yes. This guy says he raised $6.1 million. 
Oh. Very convenient figure. Um. The thing he seems to have left out, though, is how much each donation was. Like, when you hear Bernie Sanders say it, it's always, you know, $27 an hour, or $27 per person, average donation. You always hear that from Bernie. This guy mm. is not telling us what the average donation is, so he could be getting $1,000, you know, like thousands of dollars donations by a single donation instead of, like, the small donations we would assume. But he's trying to make it seem like he got 0.1 more in 24 hours than Bernie. That's his big, uh, his big thing right now. Uh, Joe Biden you also like. I don't believe it. I believe he got 6.1 million dollars in the first 24 hours. I don't believe he got it from a bunch of uh, individual contributors. I think he got it from a bunch of individual <laughs> rich people. Is what I think. Um, uh, let's see. Oh yeah, Biden like came out and like said something in a speech that sounded like he was gonna say he was gonna run for president, and then the next day came out and said, "No, no, I didn't say that." So, Biden's still not in. No, I don't think he will be. Uh, so, I mean, there's lots of talk that he will be, but we'll see, I guess. I don't think so. Okay. I really, really don't think so. Hey, have you been to myspace.com lately? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no. <laughs> what? You haven't? I have not been what, there what? recently. No. Why haven't you been there recently? It's the most hot thing ever. Uh, let's go there. MySpace.com. What do they have as their uh, first article? Uh, Fiona Apple is uh, planning new music. Everything we, we need to know about Lady Gaga's next album is an uh, article. Fiona uh, Apple? <laughs> Yes, Fiona Apple. Is that relevant still? Is Fiona yeah. Apple still relevant to anybody? It was too challenging. Fleetwood Max says Lindsay Buckingham left after feud with Stevie Nicks. That's interesting. Watch Ariana Grande kick off the first night of Sweetener World Tour in New York. There's a lot of music here. Uh, Metallica announced 20th anniversary of SMN show with full oil orchestra. Yes, that is uh, the f headlines in MySpace. But why why are we talking about MySpace? Last time I checked, it's 2019. Yeah, it isn't 2003. So why are we talking about MySpace? Right, MySpace loses all content uploaded before 2016. Uh, oh. A faulty server migration blamed for the mass deletion in songs, photos, and videos. Mass server migration blamed. Hmm, does that sound like an article we hmm. covered at the beginning of the news? It does. <laughs> uh, MySpace, a once mighty social network, has lost every single piece of content uploaded before 2016, including millions Aww. of songs, photos, and videos. The company is blaming so faulty server migration for the mass deletion. The company has confirmed uh, to online archivists that the music has been lost permanently, dashing hopes Aww. that a backup could be used to permanently protect the collection for future generations, like we were just talking about with Google+. Uh, more than 50 million tracks and 14 million artists have been lost, including songs that led to the rise of the MySpace yeah. generation 
uh, of artists uh, such as Lily Allen, Arctic Monkey, Arctic Monkeys, and Yaysayer. I've heard of Liliana and Arctic Monkeys and never heard of Yeesayer, have you? No. Maybe we're a little too old for that, but I do like Arct Arctic Monkeys. Or I did, oh, like in 2008, I liked them. Um, oh yeah, Arctic Mon Monkeys was good in 2008. As well as music, the site also accidentally deleted pictures and videos stored on its servers. Uh, I just thought Aww. this was a good way to kind of wrap it up because we started with the Facebook thing. And everything else, so, yeah. Oh, and actually, right at the end of this article, uh, a group of volunteers announced they are working to preserve Google Plus posts on an internet archive before the site closes in April. Cool. Just like I said earlier, so this, that's even in this article as well. And I think this is funny, because uh, if you go to my Facebook and you go into my pictures, I actually have a thing in my pictures from, like, when I originally got onto Facebook, and it's called Pictures to Save in Case MySpace Explodes. And uh, <laughs> I guess I'm glad that I did that because it just happened. <laughs> but uh, look, don't forget you can sign up for uh, MySpace in 2019. <laughs> right. <laughs> you could if you yeah. wanted to, I guess. Yeah. Yes, you can. You can. Uh, do you know where Tron is? Uh, yeah, I do. Where? Where? He's in Japan still, like he was last week. Really? Mm-hmm. So, do you have anything we should play from him, maybe? Yeah, let's play Tron Tells the Truth, a message from Kyoto, Japan. Hello, hello everybody. This is Tron with Tron Tells the Truth, from Kyoto. Yes, I, I'm in Kyoto right now, and I find myself a little apartment. Now standing in a hallway, trying to make another Trump tells the truth. Well, I don't have time to talk about all the world issues these days. Uh, I'm going to take a big, deep dive into that when I come home. I'm talking about environmental strikes and uh, general election in the United States and so on. But when I'm here, I want to talk a bit of something else. I've been using this format in Trump tells the truth now for over three years, and I'm going to believe me. I'm still gonna have it. But I also found out that this format has some limitations. There's a lot of things I want to do, talk about, who take more time. And since this is not my podcast, I'm not a guest for this segment, I'm gonna start off again an idea that I had for a long time. It's called To Hell with Trump. Yes. That means 40 minutes to an hour podcast, now and then. I take up some bigger issues, interviews, and so on, with all kinds of people, really. So if you have ideas for that, you can just, yeah, just contact me or comment on a, on this segment below here, uh, because it's going to be big, and it's going to start up in May. I hope uh, I'm going to have the opening at 17th of May, uh, because that is the Norwegian. Yes, a big Norwegian public holiday, or like, yeah, what you call Independence Day, a national day, yeah, it's a better word for it. So, I hope you will like that, and I'm, I hope, but I'm still going to be here. So, if people love Trump Tell the Truth, you're still going to get your weekly dose. But I'm going to give you more, more than I can in this segment. So... Till I come from home, this is going to be very short this time. 
but I'm in Kyoto. In the five days' time, I take a trip back to Norway. So let me tell you about something. Because the political situation is fucked right now. There's so many segments that I want to take up, and I'm gonna do it. But I'm on my honeymoon now. I'm enjoying myself. I have the strangest feeling that I had for a long time that nobody understands me. Thank God my wife knows a little bit of Japanese. So, yeah, this is first one of those times that you feel like a stranger. Well, this was Trump uh, Tells the Truth this week. I hope you enjoyed it, and I'm going to be back next week with a larger segment and um, a lot of things to say. So, stay tuned. Bye. That was Trump live from Japan. Live. Live from Japan. Yep. Uh, Live from Japan. <laughs> <laughs> it's Saturday Night Live. Uh, let's do the plugs now, and then we'll do Eurovision. I get this out of the way while I'm thinking about it. Uh, another digital citizen at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, we do not have any emails. Um, and we have a Facebook page, another digital citizen. If you can get on Facebook, uh, we're on there. <laughs> I can get on Facebook. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Anything interesting from the group this week? Um, not that I remember, so probably not. I'd have to go back and look through it. So, so let's talk about the two uh, countries that uh, people think people are, are, or I should try, try to say that again. Let's talk about the two countries that people think are going to win Eurovision. That was a better sentence. Okay. Um, yes. <clears throat> Let's uh, talk about country number two first. Uh, so uh, I'm going to spoil it that uh, Russia is number two on the polls right now. What did you think about Russia? Uh, right. We got a music video here. Um, but I did you see... The thing I sent to yes. you, okay. We got, yeah. And uh, he, and and to to be honest with you, Luke, I have heard about him before, uh, because he's been on, in Eurovision before as well. Right. So okay. He's a pretty famous Eurovision artist. Um. I mean, this is a very Eurovision Eurovisiony song. Um, oh, it's a very Eurovision Eurovisiony song. It felt um, like it was a. Uh, uh, the music video is a music video, so you can't really tell, but like I, I was about to say, I sent Fro a thing that I found last night. It had been posted, it was po posted two hours before I sent it to you, Fro, so it was pretty fresh, mm. but it was it was like a cra somebody shooting uh, the actual first live performance, but they were filming it with their phone, so the sound quality is not all that great, um, but at least you can tell kind of the what what the live performance is going to look like and kind of his voice because when you're watching a music video you can never tell if they did something to the voice as far no. as uh, right and when i saw the live version he sounded his russian accent came through a lot more in the live version than it does in the music video did you notice that uh, yeah a little we should say that his name is uh, sergey lozrev and his song is scream ah! Scream. Right, and it's not really a love song. It's more of this is more of a. Uh, it's not really political. 
Mm, what is this? No. What would you describe the song as? I guess. It's more like a, a inner demons fighting song. Right. It's almost like a story. <laughs> There's kind of a story that goes in the words, kind of moves uh, moves along in, in, as far as the song goes. Overall, I gave this a three point five. Um, uh, I thought thought this song and the other song were pretty similar, except for the except for lyrically. Like as far as production, uh, as far as the live performance, they're very similar. Uh, it's just one person singing. You know what I mean? So mm. I gave this a three point five. Uh, I think I gave it an extra like half a point for. I felt like. There was a lot of feeling. I, th I felt like this guy had a lot of emotion going into the music. So, uh, I gave this four point five actually, and so I'm not that far uh, behind you. I thought his uh, when he was from for Russia two years ago. I did yes. Uh, they came second, and uh, that was a better song. Uh, could this win Eurovision? Yes. Um, but it it feels very Eurovisionally Eurovision song. And uh, I've said this before and I will say it again. This is the worst year for Eurovision. This year is just totally bullcrap. It's, it's song after song that sounds extremely familiar and if they don't sound extremely familiar it's because they rap in Finnish or scream in Finnish to the, no Icelandic sorry um, into the microphone and it's like when when this has a possibility to win and and I'm saying it's one of the better songs this year and I still give it a 4.5 out of ten, it's not a good Eurovision year this year. It's really not. It's really, really not. So All right. I gave it four point five. So let's go to the Netherlands. Um, and his name I totally fucking forgot. Uh, with Duncan Lawrence, and he came with a song called Arcade. Uh, I found the live performance there's a very uh, uh, erotic uh, video I could send you with him underwater naked uh, all the time but I found the live performance okay so. yeah I would prefer that I think uh, yes. but that's fine uh, this is a, this is a standard love song uh, super standard one man vocal uh, hev heavily vocal love song. Uh, yeah. Really, I didn't think anything was special here. There wasn't any crowd interaction. The, I should mention the Russia song didn't really have any crowd interaction, but it did have this one moment where the song builds and like gets to this crescendo, and that will could get a pop from the crowd. You know what I mean, Fro? Mm -hmm. In the song, in the Russia song, um, yeah. Where this, it didn't have anything like that. There is no crescendo yeah. where the crowd's gonna pop. It was a very flat, blank. Sl Slate kind of love song. Uh, I gave this a 3.0. Um, I actually like this better. Um, I think it's his voice. Uh, his voice is just better. And I, I think uh, it has, again, it has a good 
chance of 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 uh, of winning. I will say that. Uh, but I I I think it's a better song, mainly because uh, his voice is is so strong. I feel like he he has uh, something in his voice that is very um, soothing and very like pleasant. Uh, it's one of the songs that I have on my playlist uh, of this year's Eurovision. So I'm giving it a five out of ten. I just thought Russia, uh, the the singer in the Russian song, had more feeling. If it, it felt like there was more passion in the Russian song, that's why I gave it an extra half a point over the over this song. Mm. So that's just my explanation. Right. Oh, yeah. uh, real quick, Eurovision news: Roger Waters came out against or uh, boy, boycotting Eurovision again. Remember, we had talked about it in the past yep. because he said he was going to boycott if they were going to have it in Jerusalem. They decided to have it in Tel Aviv, right? Is that correct? Yep. yep. Uh, he's still boycotting it and saying people should still boycott Eurovision. Um, I like Roger Waters. I like his music. I think a lot of what he stands for as far as politically is is good. And I think this is also... It, it, it's in the right... Um, he's His heart's in the right place, right, Fro? But yes. when you come out and say, I'm going to boycott if you put it in Jerusalem, and then they put it in Tel Aviv... And then you say, no, I'm going to boycott anyways. It, You shouldn't have come out the first time. You should just say, I'm going to boycott or I'm not going to boycott. Not <laughs> have the, have these little um, uh, little uh, squabbles that you're trying to get people to do this or that. But um, I stand behind his, uh, what he what he wants to do, but we're going to still cover Eurovision. What do you think about the whole boycott thing from? Uh, I've said this before. Um there are other countries that are allowed to be in Eurovision that I feel um, if you go into it uh, that also have human problems like rights Belarus. violations right they've done bad things right. as well um, and I yeah I Belarus, totally agree I think that Roger Russia. Waters oh sorry yeah, I mean, Belarus, Russia, Armenia, uh, Azerbaijan, uh, Rom- Romania, Serbia. Like, there's a lot of countries that have done fucked up things. And, and if, if, if we, we're going to boycott every, like, fucking country that does anything against people, uh, like, okay, which countries should be allowed to be in the Eurovision now. See, I, I, what you got to understand about Roger Waters, Fro, you're coming from a Eurovision perspective. He doesn't really, I'm sure he doesn't see it as that. He was an advocate for Palestine before the Eurovision thing ever went to Israel, right? So, But he, I'm also an advocate for, for Palestine. Uh, no, I'm, yeah, I'm just saying, he's he's coming from that perspective of, of supporting Palestine, so he's not even considering... The Eurovision thing, uh, or considering the fact that Euro- other people in the Eurovision, he's just considering uh, is the uh, the Israel thing. So I understand that he's got his convictions, and that's what he he believes in. So I support him, but I, I don't think we are on the same page. Would you agree on that? Yeah, no, I I don't I don't agree. I don't agree. You shouldn't uh, you shouldn't boycott it. They they have won it all. 
square and fair. And yeah, but it, it, I'm just saying his his beliefs are that uh, uh, he, he has a strong feeling about how uh, Israel's treating Palestine. That's what he's really boycotting. What? You know what I mean? And so I, I, at least for me, you might not agree. That's why I'm asking you if you agree. But do, do you support his right to boycott? Sure. Right. Okay. That was my um, question. You just don't I agree with the boycott. I, I support everybody's uh, right to boycott anything they want to if they have a principle against it. But if you want to have a principle against this, where were you when they had Rush, uh, the Eurovision in Russia? Right. And again, I'm going to say, people... he, he's been an advocate yeah. for Palestine before this, so that's why he's getting involved okay, now. So Not, have, he, he, was never, been, he was never an advocate he's been for... He's also out, out for gay rights, I'm presuming. And LBG, I've never seen him come out... Uh, and they have, have had it in Russia. I've never seen Russia, Roger Waters yeah. come out for those to advocate for those kind of things, though. But he does come okay, out all the time I'm, against uh, against I'm Israel. Just, I'm just <laughs> saying that if if you want to pick if you want to pick one thing, you're saying like, oh, I want to boycott this because of this. Then you should boycott a lot of other things as well. I'm saying that yes, you have the right to boycott, and yes, I can understand it. Uh, as a supporter of Palestine, I'm not fucking amused by having it in Israel, but Israel won the Eurovision, fair and square, they won it with a chicken dance, a chicken right. song. I, I would almost disagree that it was fair and square because of the social media manipulation that I saw during last year's Eurovision, but that's just me, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, uh, I understand that, I just think, like, if... WWE went and did the th kind of thing in, like they did in Saudi Arabia, but they did it in Israel, uh, Roger Waters would be against that as well. I guess is my point. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, other than Eurovision news, Norway, uh, Melody Grand Prix 2020 will be five uh, semifinals and a final uh, next year because uh, it's the 20th uh, anniversary of uh, the Norwegian broadcasting system being a part of Eurovision. Oh, okay. So it will be different next year. That uh, is the Eurovision news we have. Okay. Should we go into uh, some um, TV? But uh, maybe talk a little about Netflix. Yeah, let's. Well, this is kind of TV news. I saw this yesterday or the day before. Uh,. We had talked about, I remember when we first initially saw Bandersnatch, and me and you were talking about it, and I said to you, Fro, I said, do you think they would do this with anything else? Do you think in the future they'd come up with some other thing to do some kind of interactive TV show with? And Fro was like, no, I don't think they'll do anything like that anytime soon. I was like, do you think they'll come up like a sequel to Bandersnatch? They decided to do something different, I guess. Netflix next Bandersnatch lets you choose Bear Grylls Interactive Adventure. Okay, this this is not what <laughs> last yeah. year. Bandersnatch expanded Netflix interactive video. Yeah, no. Uh, the company's next interactive series, You vs. Wild, will let viewers pick a twist, pick the twist in its survival adventure lived by Bear Grylls. I don't understand how this could work, or it. Uh, this doesn't sound good to me. Does this sound good to you, for me? 
neither. <laughs> no. It sounds very fucking convoluted. I just... Like, going from Black Mirror Bandersnatch to this seems like a completely different animal. You know what I mean? I don't know. Are you a fan of the Bear Grylls kind of TV shows? Um, no. Okay, me neither. So maybe we're not... Maybe people who do like those shows would enjoy this, but I can't imagine this being as fun as Bandersnatch. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. No, I don't. I don't. I don't really understand it. I, I don't think it will be... Uh, I don't think it will be a success. I'm sorry to say so. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, maybe there, maybe people really do like Bear Grylls out there that we don't know. But I don't. <laughs> I'm not. I just. I don't need to see a guy fall asleep inside of a, a sheep's a skin. You know what I mean? It's not my or drink his own pee or whatever. <clears throat> All right. You see anything yeah, no. on TV this week? I have seen so fucking much this week, Luke. Um, should I start with the hard recommendation that uh, I will recommend you and everybody else sure. turn on as fast as we are done with this show? Okay. Go and watch Love, Death plus Robots. Right, okay. It, it is uh, 18 short episodes. Uh... It's an anthology series, um, and uh, it's animated uh, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and uh, the episodes are between 17 and uh, 11 minutes, so it's, it's a very, very easy watch uh, to watch. Some are even as short as eight. Um, and it's just fucking... Amazing. I will give this whole series a 9.5 out of 10. Oh, cool. No no bad episodes, no episodes that I, I thought, what the fuck are they thinking here? Uh, whoever put this together really, really knew what they were doing. All right. Uh... Amazing. I'll have yeah. to check it out. I saw the commercial for it, or the trailer for it, so I know kind of what it's about, and I've seen the animation style and everything like that. I I just didn't watch it this week uh, because I was actually busy watching something that I have never seen, uh, a little show called Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Fro. Have you ever heard of this? Mm-hmm. I'd never no. seen an episode of the show <laughs> in my entire life. I have. I'd never... I have. I know. Well, Fro has recommended this to me in the past. I remember Tilly even recommending this to me back when she was on the podcast, and I just had never seen an episode. Um, So I ended up going and... Well, actually, there's a podcast I was following uh, uh, and, you know, subscribed to, and they kind of fell off as far as uh, content. Uh, So I stopped... uh, I, I canceled my subscription there, and I ended up getting Hulu this week, Fro. This I haven't had Hulu since... Uh, I had it years and years and years and years ago, when it first kind of initially came out. Uh, and I got rid of it, and I, I got it back. And I gotta say, not a lot of great content on there, <laughs> to be honest. No, 
I've heard rumors about that. I got a free month, and it's canceled any time, so if I get to the... I just want to watch all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I also want to see Rick and Morty, and then I'm probably going to cancel this uh, Hulu thing. But uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I'm like, into the second season. First season is... It's really not that great, but the show kind of gets better Whoa. as it goes. Um, Isn't that strange? Oh, Whoa. Robots. And, Holy and, crap. I mean, it's, it's so working after that. Okay, you got to say all that over again because you just like sounded like you were a robot underwater. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how the first season of something like that is so boring and flat and not funny and how much it grows? It's one of those shows where I've, I've thought to myself, should I really watch this? And I watched another episode, and I was like, oh my god, should I really watch this? And I watched another episode. And and I just continued, and suddenly, just like, bang, it hits you. I mean, I, the problem is there's a lo- not a lot of really good characters. Like, the most interesting character in the whole show is the Chelsea Peretti character. I don't remember what her actual name right. is. What the character's name but yeah. she, Chelsea Peretti plays the character. She's like the only interesting character basically in the whole show until they kind of build up the characters. But she initially is just right out of the gate, an interesting character. But I think in the past, Fro, you told me you need to get to at least the second season. Um, At least. Otherwise, I don't think I would have made it through the first season because it wasn't that great. You know what I mean? But I did only because I knew. So I I made it through. But overall... it's all right, but it's nothing special. I'd probably give it like a yeah. five so far. Like it's super average, but it's it's easy to watch, easy to have in the background kind of thing. So yeah. How far are you? I'm in the middle of the second season, so not that far. Oh, uh, okay. okay. I think there's like nine seasons, including the yeah. the most recent one that just came out. Um, and then after I get done with this, I'm gonna watch Rick and Morty. So yeah. Rick and Morty. I've never seen an episode Rick of that either, and everybody raves about it. But I've never seen an episode, uh, so I'm gonna watch that probably in whenever I get done with this. It'll probably take me a month. Uh, then I saw something Luke's told me that was on Netflix, and I didn't know there was a new season of this because I gave up after the fucking atrocious season four of the show. Arrested Development is back with a new season. I did not think this was going to come back after that horrible, horrible season. Uh, yeah. I thought this season was pretty good. What do you think? This is so much better. <laughs> this is so much better <laughs> than season four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Season four was yeah. very convoluted, and it was trying to, like... It was trying to, to build off this nostalgia that was so long ago when the other seasons had come out. Um, mm. And this season, instead of trying to build off the nostalgia of the original series of the original two seasons, this one is its own season. It's its own thing. Right. Um, and it's, it just, it flows really well. And then the ending, it feels like the first two seasons where the ending, all these little things come together to wrap up the story at the end. You know what I mean? Where the fourth season, mm-hmm. it felt like everything was convoluted and broken. I don't know. 
then I saw the two first episodes, and I am out of the Madeleine McCain case on Netflix. It is the worst fucking documentary thing I have ever seen in my entire life. Uh, I love the documentaries. You love, you know my love for documentaries. This is Netflix's worst show. Um, this is definitely going to come on my list of the worst shows of the year. Because guess what, look? It's getting my first zero out of ten of this year. Okay. Yeah. I feel like you said that already this year, but it was probably for movies. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've said it before for a movie, but but uh, for a Netflix original show, they usually do true crime extremely, extremely good. They are like very, very, very good at true crime shows, but this is so speculative and it's so amazingly bad made. Uh, if you know nothing about the case going in, into it, maybe you will have some kind of interest in it. But but it's so bloated and it feels. I read the a review of it from The Guardian, I think it was, that gave it one star and said it was a bloated mess or something like that. And I could not agree more. It's the worst thing I've I've seen this year on, on Netflix when it comes to a television show. Okay. I don't recommend it to anybody. And what's the name of it again? Uh, Madeleine McCain case. The Madeleine McCain case. Okay. Just so everybody, a reminder for everybody. All right, I, let's see. I, I didn't really see anything else this week as far as TV because most of the time I was watching Brooklyn Nine Nine. Like that took up a lot of my my TV viewing time. You know what I mean? Uh, and then mm-hmm. Arrested Development, of course, that took a, lo- a while. And then the other thing I was watching because it's on Hulu, I watched a bunch of Wings because I like that show. Um, <laughs> uh, but I did find out Magnum PI Fro uh, season two has been confirmed. Woo-hoo. So yeah, we will be getting cool. a second season of that. I thought it was good. I mean, there were hit and miss yeah. episodes of Magnum PI, but I thought this first season was a good season. So, oh yeah, I liked it. It's uh, it's one of the better remakes that I didn't think was going to work. Uh, work, like fucking MacGyver. I think MacGyver is still on, isn't it? Yes, it is actually. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. No, I haven't watched anything more. I'm waiting for Hannah to come. <laughs> right, in, end of the month. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> and next week, or six days from now, Happy Season 2. I sent you the trailer for yeah. that. Excited. I'm already stoked. I'm super stoked. Uh, the trailer looked awesome. With a big show in it. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. go look up, like, there's, like, an extended trailer that has, like, some behind-the-scenes footage, and they're talking with the director on YouTube. Go look that up. It's pretty rad. Ah, cool. Uh, what should we do next? Main topic. Main topic. Hey, William Bill Cooper. Who is William Bill Cooper? Or Milton William Cooper. Uh, an American conspiracy theorist, radio broadcaster, and author best known for his book, Beyond the Pale Horse, from 
in which he warned of multiple global conspiracies, some involving extraterrestrial aliens. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody gave me a link to a YouTube thing uh, that I downloaded and listen to this book. It's just two hours and 30 minutes long. Uh, I right. recommend this the, book. The version, it, it, it's available on YouTube. Uh, the name of the book is Beyond the Pale Horse. The version on YouTube, it says it's like two hours and 45, but the last 20 minutes is an interview with the guy, yeah. so it, the book yeah. itself is only about, like Fro said, two and a half hours. <clears throat> Why don't you read the Amazon description for that book, Fro? I will read the Amazon description for that book, Look, uh, It's an Amazon link uh, for some reason. Bill Cooper, former United States uh, Naval Intelligence Briefing Team member, reveals information that remains hidden from the public eye. This information has been kept keep uh, kept in a top secret government file since the 1940s. His authentic uh, his audience, audience. Yeah, there you go. yeah, sorry, uh, hear the truth untold uh, as he writes about the assassination of John F. Kennedy, the drug wars, the secret government UFO. Bill is lucid, rational, and powerful speaker. Is it tend to inform in power is the audience standing uh, standing room only is normal. His presentation is informants transcendence per uh, per as flexion as he clearly addresses the issues in a way that has a striking impact on listeners uh, of all backgrounds and interests. He has. Uh, That's probably good. Spoken. This this yeah, part okay. I think is all about him, like his speaking tours or whatever. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, yeah. So yeah, and, that, and that's available on Audible as well. If if you want to go Audible, go to audibletrial.com forward slash another digital citizen, and you can get this free on there. But <clears throat> don't waste your free book if you're going to go to audibletrial.com forward slash another digital citizen on this because you can get it for free on YouTube. <laughs> Yes, with uh, a very interesting reader of the book. Who reads the book? Look, uh, Milton William Cooper, right? What did really? you said? You recommended this, but what did you think of this book uh, uh, overall? Like, I felt like this book read like a, uh, or we listened to it, but it reads like a science fiction book, doesn't it? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, definitely. It's it's. Um, it's very interesting to 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 listen to because he's very clearly uh, a Christian with very clearly Christian conservative values that he wants to come across with, especially in the first part of the book. I would say uh, when it comes more into the conspiracy side of it, it's. It's like it's it's like a little like mixing his um, opinions about things with like more uh, like you said science fi- fiction way of of telling a storyline. Right. I mean, the book itself. It, it's like if you took a lot of the 
conspiracy theories we've talked about on this show, you took them mm-hmm. and you found a way to connect Brand all them. all of them, have them all connect to each other, and then have a reason yeah. for all of them being is, is the Illuminati or like the Freemasons, and you add all those things. Those are the people that are like doing all these conspiracy theories, and then you made a book about it. That's this book, and in a, in, mm-hmm. in in that sense, it's pretty. It's actually a pretty good book. You know what I mean? I mean, it's totally nuts, but it's kind of fun to listen to how crazy it is. Uh, uh, Bill Cooper has been described as a militia theo theo. How do you say this? Theoretician. Uh, theoretician, a person who forms, develops, or studies theoretical framework of a subject. Mm. Uh, which, uh, that kind of describes the book. It, it's like, uh, a frame, he creates this, like, framework for this global conspiracy in this book. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I guess let's go into his early life really quick, and then we'll go back to the book. Uh, mm-hmm. He claimed to have served in the United States Navy, U.S. Air Force, and Naval Intelligence until 1975. However, public records only indicate a period of service in the Navy with ratings of uh, E-5 sergeant, uh, including a tour in Vietnam with two service medal. He attended junior college in California and worked as a s- worked for several technical and vocational schools before making his conspiracy theories known beginning in 1988. Uh, he expanded the speculations of early conspiracy uh, conspirists by incorporating government involvement with extraterrestrials as a th- central theme. Right. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of his book is talking about how the government knows they're aliens and they're not only... Uh, they don't even... They don't just know. They're, they're, the governments around the world are working with these... Uh, with them, yeah. With them, right. Let's get into the book now, actually. I, I wrote some things down that are in this that we've talked about in the past. Um, Project Blue Book, which we haven't talked about in the past, but he does talk about Project Blue, Blue Book in this book. He talks about mm-hmm. deep underground military bases, uh, ancient yep. alien theory. He talks about yep. the moon landing. And when he talks about the moon landing, I thought this was interesting because we've talked about moon landing being fake. But he says that... It was, the moon landing was fake, but not in the way that we think of it as fake. He says, the U.S. and Russia and the alien races had already had a base on the moon before uh, John F. Kennedy's speech uh, about going to the moon. That we already had a base on the moon with extraterrestrial aliens (laughs) had helped us build this base on the moon. I thought that was an interesting new kind of angle on the... um, Moon landing hoax. I'd never heard that angle. Have you heard that? Ever heard that before? <laughs> no, no, no. But it's a pretty cool theory, though. I like it. I mean, it's pretty out there. Right, and then he talks about <clears throat> the Roswell crash, and he says they got an, they they brought an alien down, and its name was Ebby, right? Was that the yeah, yeah, Ebby the alien. Right, uh, and that Ebby was the uh, inspiration for the movie E.T. It was another claim he had. Um, what, I wrote here, religion is used to control the world. Right, he, he clearly is coming off in a Christian way, but at one point he even he says something about uh, not believing religion doesn't stop it from affecting you. 
basically saying that the Illuminati and all these groups are they don't believe in religion uh, or some of them are Satanists and if if you don't believe in God or the devil it doesn't mean that um, somebody else believing in it doesn't affect you which is kind of it's interesting perspective from for me as an atheist looking at it because he's a Christian mm -hmm. talking about it, and he's saying people are using these religions. They don't believe in these religions, but they're using them to manipulate people, which I think is probably true as an atheist. <laughs> I have a question for you. Uh, this was kind of blatant in my face, but I, is this guy a racist? Uh, well, even the, actually, at one point in the book... He even says, I don't believe in racism, so I'd say he doesn't think he's a racist. No, I don't think he believes he's a racist, but uh, the AIDS, AIDS, HIV thing, thing in the book, that kind of... Uh, I wouldn't say it's racist, though. Like, he, he makes a point of saying, uh, this is when he was talking about... Uh, religion and when he was saying religion or not believing in religion doesn't stop it affecting you he said he even mentioned this is where he talks about racism he says uh just because i don't believe uh, just because i'm i don't believe in racism doesn't mean it doesn't affect me it was it, right. his other example so yeah. from his perspective he doesn't he doesn't or he didn't think he was racist but Right, in the Behold a Pale Horse, he talks about the AIDS conspiracy, and uh, I think he was the one that started the whole idea that the government uh, caused AIDS by uh, giving uh, tainted vaccines to people in Africa. I think he's the person yeah. who actually kind of started that whole uh, conspiracy theory, so that right. is where people come at it as being racist. Um, but if you listen to the book... What he's really talking about is how he believes that there's some cabal of Illuminati people who are worried about overpopulation, and that's why right. they did it. Is because they're for the his in his mind, or he thought that there was this group that was worried about the Earth uh, being destroyed. So in in their mind, they're doing the right thing by killing off all these people because they're saving the Earth, but. Uh, yeah, he talked a lot about overpopulation. I even wrote down, like, overpopulation is the reason for the Illuminati, it seems like, according to him. Mm. Like, the whole point of it being there is so, so that... Uh, or the whole point of the Illuminati or the Freemasons is that they are there to help facilitate uh, moving the human race forward. And so they see these evil things that they do as good because of the benefits against overpopulation. That was kind of the point of his book, I guess. Yeah. I, 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 I guess so. I, I, I felt like some, some things he, 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 uh, the, the theory of, of uh, the government, like giving it especially to, the African population as a control of them, like uh, trying to get them, uh, because he, I, I think he is kind of says that it was done with purpose so they could keep 
and the number slow is kind of what he says. Well, he just said overpopulation, Try. like the whole right. world. Like right. we we covered um, and even talked about it in the book, the Georgia Guidestones. We did that as a topic right. on the show, and it talks about keep the population under this amount on the Georgia Guidestones, and he he mentions right. that in 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 the book. Um, but he the thing like they all at least here in this Wikipedia page they're talking about the AIDS thing, and they definitely talk about two thousand South. Africa's Minister of Health, but they don't mention that in the book, he also is, at the same time that he's talking about that, he's saying uh, that it, they want to decrease the population of everybody, including uh, homosexuals, atheists, Christians, he, right. pretty much anybody who's not um, a Satanist or part of the Illuminati, he says they want, they want to right. kill off. Uh, so yes, he, is, he does talk about... Uh, it says here, Behold, a pale horse Cooper proposes that AIDS was a result of conspiracy to decrease the population of blacks, Hispanics, and homosexuals. Right. So he almost equates it more to kind of the the way the Nazis felt about other people. You know what I mean? Uh, more than he just is saying they were trying to kill off African-American people because they're black or whatever. Or African people because they're black. So... I can see how it definitely is construed as being racist, but I don't think he thought he was a racist, which is kind of confusing, no. but you got to yeah, listen yeah. to the book to really understand it, I guess. Uh, let's go into UFOs, but, uh, Aliens, and the Illuminati. Yeah. Yes, I was just going to say that, because uh, uh, Cooper caused a sensation in ufology circles in 1988 when he claimed that he lead to seen secret documents while in the... Navy describing governmental dealings with extraterrestrials, a topic that he expanded on in Behold a Pale Horse. So, right. if you're Yeah, sorry? He, uh, in that movie I sent you, he talks about how he saw an alien spacecraft while he yes. was on a ship fly out of the ocean into the sky, and then come back down out of the sky and go back into the ocean. Yep. yep. So, he is a time traveler, because that's what's happening in Aquaman, isn't it? <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> isn't that the plot of Aquaman? <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't... It, uh, that ship from Captain Planet... Do you remember Captain Planet? Didn't they yes, have a ship yes. that could go underwater and then also fly in the air? <laughs> Yes, yes, they did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, it, he also links uh, the Illuminati with the belief uh, that it's the... Uh, Extraterrestrials. Yes, uh, were secretly involved with the U.S. government, uh, but later re rejected these claims. He accused uh, Eisenhower of negotiating a treaty with the ancestors in 1954. Right. Uh, a treaty with extraterrestrial aliens in 1954. That's what he that's what he suggests in the book. And then he and, and then establishing an inner circle of Illuminati to manage their relations with them and keep their presence secret from the general public. Like I said, the, the aliens are also involved in this whole Illuminati thing. 
Cooper believed that aliens manipulated or ruled the human race through various secret societies, religions, magic, witchcraft, and the occult, and that even the Illuminati were unknowingly be being manipulated by the space aliens. <laughs> he believes... Uh, <laughs> The secret organizations con uh, are controlled by the Bilderberger, Bilderberg Group uh, and that they conspired with the Knights of Columbus, Freemasons, Skull and Bones, and other organizations. And their ultimate goal, he said, was to establish a new world order, which we've talked about. Again, another thing we've talked about in the mm -hmm. past. Like, all these things we've talked about in the past, this guy took them and put them all in one book. It's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. I like it though. I like it. I like it when it put it up, up for us like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Where do you want to go next? Uh, what about uh, Illuminati being controlled by the Bilderberger group? Oh, we just covered that. I just said that. Yeah. Yeah, but that they also conspired with the Knights of Columbus, Masons, Skull and Bones. Yep, I just said that. <laughs> we just covered that. Really? Yes. Okay. Yep. Sorry, my short term memory. I guess. Let's yeah. Go to, uh, let's go to John F. John F. Kennedy. Uh, yeah. He he, he asserted that President John F. Kennedy was assassinated because he was about to reveal that extraterrestrials were in the process of taking over Earth. That's why he thinks JFK oh. got killed. According to, top, according to a top-secret video of the assassination he claims to have discovered, uh, the driver of the presidential limousine used a gas-powered device developed by aliens from the Trilateral Commission to shoot the president from the driver's seat. Which, actually, I've heard the theory that the driver shot Kennedy. Have you heard that before? No. I had heard that in the past on... I don't know, in, you know, random theories or whatever, I'd never heard the idea that he used a gas-pressured device uh, developed by aliens to shoot Kennedy. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, why not? I mean, it's not the most crazy thing I've heard in, in any way. <laughs> Hear him saying, so why not? Sure. Okay, yeah. let's go... To his radio show now, like like we said, yeah. he, radio personality as well. Uh, let's go to the about section, I guess. If we go to hourofthetime.com, which is the name of his radio show, Hour of the Time, or it was back in the day. Uh, this website looks like it was last updated April 2018. So this is not a current uh, website, obviously. But in the About section, it says, Our mission is to lead by example the restoration of individual liberty and independence as ero as envisioned by America's founders and referring referred to by their writings by helping dictate people, uh, oh, dedicated people, educate themselves and prepare for the future. This is largely, largely done through continual speaking engagements, conferences, technical, legal writings, and presentations around the country. So this, it, it seems like this website is mostly uh, to promote, or it was used for him to, like, uh, promote speaking tours and things like that. A copyright 2019, it says on the... Uh, At the bottom? End of the web, yeah. 
Okay. I mean, the the last update, at least, uh, as far as right. the, on the home, is April 2018. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, but if you go to the store, 16 DVD collection for $140. Or, yes. Uh, wow. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know if any of this stuff is still available, but they've got all his books and DVDs and shit for sale here. Uh, who knows if any of this, or if this anybody is still even watching this website? Who knows? No clue. But it would be interest, interesting to uh, order this 16 DVD collection if I had $140 to waste, I mean. And if you look at, under his name up at the top, it says Milton William Cooper. If you go there, then it's got a bunch of content, uh, official documentary, and then, which I sent you that, Fro. Um, and then it's got his book in PDF format for free and MP3 format for free. And then it's got his entire, uh, the entire collection of his radio program available in MP3 format is what it says. Did you uh, read the update as December of 2011? Did you read that? December of 2011? No. no. <laughs> yes. We accept personal checks, which requires a few days to clear. Modern orders in US dollars or gold and silver value is calculated based on the day you placed order. You must contact us before sending it in gold and silver. Uh, they also get <laughs> you can pay with euros and Canadian uh, dollars. Okay, I, sure. Okay, I, I don't think I, my guess is nobody is actually still manning this, but. <laughs> the MP3s are still available if you want to listen to his old show from way back in the day. Uh, if you click on it, there's thousands of episodes available. It says yeah. 1,926 episodes, so holy crap. Mm -hmm. But that was the radio show. Uh, that was probably what he was most famous for at, after the book was his radio show. And people, because of his radio show, kind of say that this guy was the... Alex Jones before Alex Jones existed or that some people think that Alex Jones basically stole his whole format and his whole uh, radio presence from this guy. And I I don't know, after listening to the book, would you did you hear a lot of similarities to yes. the way he talks, what he talks about? Yep. yep. Definitely. What similarities did you see? Or hear, I guess. Um, uh, the, way, the way he spoke... Was well very Alex Jonesy, where he put a link between things that other people don't really see a link between. That's very Alex Jonesy, like trying to f make conspiracy theories fit together in a chain. Right. I mean, there was one really, really. Uh perfect example I saw where he, in the book where he's talking about interdimensional aliens and then you mm -hmm. go to the Joe Rogan podcast and listen to Alex Jones talk about interdimensional aliens he's yeah. talking he like Alex Jones says it in a way where he doesn't add any like details but what he's talking about is the exact same thing he's just stealing from Bill Cooper except he's not using any of the details that Bill Cooper did uh right some people actually believe, Fro, and this is another conspiracy to add into this conspiracy <laughs> uh, theorist, that this guy was killed uh, and that Alex Jones, uh, 
that maybe not maybe not that Alex Jones killed him, but that Alex Jones definitely <laughs> ben- benefited off of his death and took over. Right. Some people believe that Alex Jones may be working for the CIA and that he um, was planted there uh, to to trick people who were already listening to William Cooper and then they would move over to Alex Jones and not realize that what they're really listening to is uh, being controlled by the government. That's a right. whole other conspiracy theory we don't, we don't need to go into. But So since we're talking about his radio show, I guess let's hear some of his radio show and something probably... One of the more famous things from his radio show? Actually, I'll read a little thing here. Uh, Originally broadcast June 28, 2011, uh, ex-naval officer, uh, radio host icon, uh, right, Bill Cooper, predicts the 9-11 event by a criminal global crime syndicate to blame Osama bin Laden. So he said this June 28, 2001. Obviously, a few months there before September 11th. So let's see what he said. Yeah, and we're going to play it in three, two, one, play. I mean, is this some kind of incredible joke that people are so stupid they'll fall for this? And now we're being bombarded with messages that Osama bin Laden is planning to attack the United States. He's got of that preacher voice kind and of. Israel. Yeah. Let me tell you something. If he's an enemy of Israel and the Mossad can't find him, then this thing is the biggest joke that you ever heard of in your life. Wow. And I'm telling you, be prepared for a major attack. But it won't be Osama bin Laden. It will be those behind the New World Order. (laughs) The photo we're seeing made me laugh because we're seeing a photo. I want to take the guns and the freedom away from the American people because we're the only ones left in the world. See, this sounds exactly like Alex Jones. Yes. The destruction of freedom in the world and then the implementation of a one-world totalitarian socialist government, and that is the goal. And whatever is going to happen that they're going to blame on Osama bin Laden, don't you even believe it. Another social illusion, social engineering project to change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. He also doesn't like socialism. Osama we didn't mention bin that. Laden's targets are supposed to be. Well, yeah. And if they don't, you know, if this doesn't materialize in the next two or three weeks, it will eventually materialize because they haven't succeeded in getting the guns out of the hands of the American people, nor have they succeeded in taking our freedoms away. In fact, there's been a great awakening in this country and a, and a big backlash against these Marxist, communist, puke-faced, lying, subversive, Nazi, jackbooted, Gestapo thugs that is gaining momentum. That's Alex Jones if he yelled a little and more. And so I tell you with a certainty, yeah. they must do something terrible in order to stop this backlash and regain the sympathy of the mass herds of sheeple out there. Perfect. Yep. Just, just stop there. Yeah, I think he's the one, the person who coined the term sheeple as well, which yeah. people have probably heard before. Yeah. But yeah, this guy sounds so much like Alex Jones, doesn't he? It's just like a calm, yeah. calmer version. He doesn't yell and go, yeah. like, doesn't cry about everything. But other than that, he, all the rhetoric, almost like the tone of his voice, like, uh, well, they are both from Texas, I guess, but... 
uh, they have a sim, and, and then the, obviously the stuff they're talking about is very, very similar. All this an anti-socialism, all this stuff. Uh, so people compare this guy to Alex Jones all the time, but what did this guy think about Alex Jones? Yeah, because uh, uh, I, I'm going to guess they were the best of friends, Luke. It would seem like it since they obviously have very similar opinions on the world, they have similar conspiracy theories <laughs> that they believe in and everything, but let's yeah. hear uh, something from his radio show about when he talked about Alex Jones. In three, two, one, play. Before we get started, I have to clear up a little little discrepancy here. Apparently the other night, or within the last week, because I've been getting a lot of email about this, and I even received one telephone call. Apparently somebody called the Alex Jones broadcast and asked, them, asked him why he didn't have me on the air or asked him something about me. <coughs> Alex Jones said he had had me on the air once before, several years ago, and had to cut me off the air because of the foul language that I used. Okay. So on the air tonight, I'm going to tell you, Alex Jones, you are a bold-faced, miserable, stinking little coward liar. Oh, I don't think he likes Alex Jones very much. <laughs> now let me say that again so there's no mistake about it. You can all tell Alex Jones that I said this, and I suspect he's listening because he does. Alex Jones, you are a bold-faced, stinking, rotten, little coward liar. Hmm. I was only on the Alex Jones show one time. It was years ago. When I didn't know who he was, when I didn't uh, realize what a liar and a coward and a sensationalist bullshit artist that he is. Oh, yeah, I think that's he what we all think about Alex Jones. This guy thinks that, Texas. too. He wasn't on all the stuff uh -huh. that he's on now. And I agreed to be on his broadcast. That's when I was doing guest appearances on broadcast, years ago. I was not cut off. I did not use any kind of foul language whatsoever. He treated me very well. And I stayed on for the whole show. Some of you in Texas... Know that that's true because you heard the broadcast and you taped it. Later when I found out who Alex Jones was and what he was doing to the truth, hmm. and how, what a cowardly liar and sensationalist <laughs> he really is. Sensationalist, okay. Every time he hmm. called me after that, I have always refused to appear on his broadcast. Absolutely refused to lend him any credibility whatsoever by appearing on his broadcast. And that made him very angry. <laughs> That's so fair. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, Perfect. I would say when people compare this guy to Alex Jones, maybe that's not a great comparison. Because this guy hated yeah. Alex Jones, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, William Cooper was on the Alex Jones show in 1998, by the way. Right, uh, and that clip pretty... we just listened to was from 2001, just to give it some context. Right. So it's it's pretty easy to, to find it. Uh, your your fiction uh, has a clip of it on YouTube, so you can listen to Alex Alex Jones' interview with William Cooper if you want to. I I think it's interesting to hear that clip of him saying Alex Jones. What Alex Jones 
does to the truth and that he's a manipulator and a liar. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is coming from a guy who, if you, he, the stuff he believes is totally out there and he believes Alex Jones is a liar. You know what I mean? <laughs> Back in 2001. So let's talk a little about his death. Right. Okay. Uh, on November 5th, 2001, uh, Apache Sheriff deputies attempted to arrest him in Eager, Arizona uh, at his home on charges of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and endangerment stemming from a dispute with local residents. Uh, after the exchange of gunfire, which Cooper shot one of the deputies in the head, Cooper was then fatally shot. So he, he died in a shootout with the police. Federal authorities reported that Cooper had spent years evading uh, execution of a 98 arrest warrant according to the marshal service uh he vowed that he would never be taken alive so this guy was like totally nuts like right wing uh gun nut like uh what are those guys the bundies you remember them yeah he was all all about that and he this guy was actually killed by by the police which kind of adds to for the for the people who follow these right-wing conspiracy theories that adds to his credibility in a way being killed by the police actually they're going to kill me ladies and gentlemen he told the audience they're going to come up here in the middle of the night and shoot me dead right on my doorstep and then around midnight, November 5th, 2001, less than two months after 9-11 attacks, this is exactly what happened. That was his yep. final prediction on his radio show that Fro just uh, said. And they that's he did die like right in front of his house. So it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, overall, this guy was totally nuts. I mean, he re- his stuff is super interesting, but he's totally out there and cr- like... Oh yeah. All, all the things he's connecting are totally. There's no real connection, and like we said, he says he was in the navy, but he there's no actual evidence that that he was at the uh, would have had the clearance for the things that he talks about. Um, as far as he wasn't ever like really really high up in the navy, uh, which he claims he was. So, uh, but I do believe that this guy was definitely the precursor to Alex Jones, and that. Without this guy, there wouldn't be an Alex Jones. And to be honest, without Alex Jones, I don't know if there would have been a Trump. So in a way, this guy almost gave us Trump. <laughs> yeah. Uh... To, to, like, take a conspiracy kind of thing straight from him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. I, I will say that it's very, very, very interesting, and I've I've learned tremendously much looking up this person because I, I knew nothing about him before going into this main topic, to be honest. And uh, to be honest, I, I've I've gained I gained a lot of knowledge looking into this Milton William Cooper, and I really like that book as well. Uh, I mean, it's not a good book by any means. I mean, it's not uh, long either. So if people do no. want to check it out, but it's, I when I read it, like I said before, it, I, you, it reads like a science fiction book more than like. Mm-hmm. But people take it seriously. There are people that take it seriously, but those people also believe in like, uh, 
God's war is happening all the time. When I wake up, I, I'm always fighting the demons. You know, those kind of people are the ones that believe that this, this kind of stuff is real. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hard to put him on the crazy scale because... I think okay, we take, I his, ask you. take his book, the ideas in yeah. his book, and put that on a crazy scale, and I would definitely give that a solid 9 out of 10. Yeah. I give it a solid 9 out of 10 as well. Hey, Luke, have you seen any movies this week? I did. I saw a couple movies. Um, uh, I got me Hulu. Too, sadly. I got Hulu, and so I watched yeah. Fire Fraud, Fro, because I hadn't seen the oh. second Fire Festival documentary. Cool. Um, Fro said he liked this one better than the Netflix one. Yes, I did. I thought this was worse than the Netflix one. Really? I after watching this, I don't think this movie could have been made uh, without the Netflix one being made because in this movie they reference the Netflix one without kind of doing any backstory. They expect you to n have seen the Netflix one already before you had seen this mm. one. Um, another thing that was really bad was it was obviously done very cheaply. Uh, by the, they didn't, ch they chose not to get somebody to do voiceover to read the letters. They got, they did it with, um, Apple, vo uh, text of, te te text to speech, which is like mm -hmm. the cheapest, crappiest sounding thing ever. Um, yeah. And this did not have as many facts or background, uh, as much background information to back up the claims as the Netflix one did. So overall I gave this a 4.0. Uh, wow, I thought it was all right, but it, there were certain times where it was clear this movie was just made because the Netflix documentary was made, and it wasn't the other way around. Hmm. Okay. Well, we agree to disagree. Okay. Um, I went out to the movies uh, last night, and I watched uh, Out to Steal Horses. Uh, or as it's called in Norwegian, Ut og Skjelhester. It's uh, based on a Norwegian. Uh, it's based on a Swedish uh, book. Okay. It's made by a Norwegian filmmaker in Norwegian and and Swedish. Uh, and it won a gold bear bronze for the best photo in the Berlin uh, festival. It has gotten four, 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 four. Uh, around the newspapers and uh, guess what look it is the most boring shit I have ever seen in a long 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 time but it was extremely pretty <laughs> okay <laughs> I, I said to somebody uh, that it, it, it was like watching very very beautiful paint dry right okay it's like Extremely beautiful paint dry. So I understand why it got the gold bear for photo, but it's like uh, absolutely nothing fucking happens in this shit film. Okay. It's like it's it like okay, you see a horse, and I'm 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 not sure if if the story is at least interesting it's like it, the storyline is completely shit 
And it's based on a book that I really like as well. Um, but I saw this with somebody that I uh, hadn't read the book. And he said after the movie, he went to me and like he said, was this book as boring as that movie was? <laughs> and I go, no, oh, <laughs> it wasn't. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't just my bias of, of, of the book was very good. He also thought it was the most boring mess scene. The interpretation interpretation of the book was boring. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright, I saw... I think this is a Netflix... I think, I believe this was a Netflix original uh, called Triple Frontier with... Uh, ah, I also saw this. Ben this Affleck and Charlie Hunnam? Yeah. Is that how you say his name? Hunnam. Right. Yes. Uh, right. Uh, and uh, this movie was about some military guys who decide to <laughs> to go to South America and rob a drug dealer. Rob, yes. Okay. Drug dealer. Uh, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, it definitely was a drug dealer or something. And this movie was awful, and I hated it's it. And awful. <laughs> you remember, like, if you're a little kid, ever, if you were a little boy, I guess. And you played cowboys and Indians, and you yeah. like had had like sticks, and you were like pretending to shoot uh, guns with sticks. Somebody decided that that kid needed to make a movie, and that that's this movie. <laughs> it just feels like a bunch of kids playing cowboys and Indians, and they made a really expensive movie out of it. <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah, no, you, you're definitely right. It's it's just like it's, um, and it also reminds me of a very 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 good uh, movie that is a little like this as well. Is where where uh, three uh, people also like go back to their land and try to smuggle some gold bars. I don't remember what it was called. I remember I liked it very good. And when I watched this, and I was like, this is so trying, so hard to be this movie. And also about American soldiers and had uh, George Clooney in one of the, the leading roles. Do you remember what movie I'm talking about? No, I don't think so. Congo? No, that wasn't Gold Bars, was it? No. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, talk a little uh, uh, more about it. But I gave it a, a one out of ten. I gave it a one point five, so we were damn close. Yep. <laughs> I mean, they did spend a bunch of money on it, obviously, but I just didn't get the point of this movie. It felt like five movies put together as well. Like, and then they had all these different locations they're shooting in. Uh, they're in the jungle, and then they're in the snow, and but then they're in this like drug dealer's mansion, and. And then they're back in America. It's all over. This movie is just all over the place. It's so full of absolutely nothing. That's one of the main problems of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Was that the other uh, movie you, you saw? Uh, no, I also saw a, a third movie. But did you see anything else? Three Kings was the one I was thinking of, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it, but I like I I wouldn't have made that reference at all. That's like a, such an obscure oh. reference, yeah. 
Um, yeah, from 1999. Those are the oh, only yeah. movies I saw. Yeah. yeah. The third and last movie I saw was because it came on Netflix, and it's one of my favorites in the Marvel series. I saw Thor Ragnarok again. Oh, cool. uh, it was, uh, well, it was uh, on Netflix. It's one of my favorites uh, uh, of the the series, actually, and it's now on Netflix. I recommend it if you like that kind of movie. Movies, Luke will ha- hate it. Right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's so go. Three Kings is. Three Kings is an obscure reference, isn't it? Yeah, I I don't think yeah. anybody remembers that movie. I'm bare, I, I remember Cube. the poster. <laughs> Ice Cube, Mark Wahlberg, George Clooney, and Spike Jones. Yeah, right. Ice Cube was in it. I, yeah, totally. Yeah. Jamie Kennedy was in it as well. I remember that being a super generic like war movie as well. I don't remember liking it, but. It's one of my my. Uh, uh, I I remember I really really liked it, but I'm sure if I watched it today, it's going to suck donkey balls. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but this this uh, this uh, frontier re- really reminded me of Three Kings. Yeah. So talking about obscure references, let's go to a movie I've heard. Very, very good things about. Let's watch the audio trailer for Wonder Park. Good morning, June Bailey. Operation Wonder Park is a go. Okay. They said it couldn't be done, but behold! Who said it couldn't be done? They. Who's they? It's just an expression. Don't bust me on a technicality. (laughs) (laughs) Break, break, break! Very Uh-oh. similar uh, animation to a lot of other movies like this. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever feel like Wonder Park is real? Of course it could be. You can. Do you remember this from the Super Bowl? Because we're we're watching a Super Bowl commercial, and I don't remember this from the Super Bowl. Um. No. Because I've never seen this trailer before. <laughs> so. Me neither. Yeah. Maybe it happened like right us. before the Super Bowl. But I don't know. It's flagged us like Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's never aired. Japan zombies are tearing apart the park. We need to fight back. Oh no. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That was kind of funny. Why is the bear blue though? It's a little confusing, but whatever. On March 15th. Because of the blue bear in the. Who's with me? I still believe in you. <laughs> if you can imagine it. You're in the house. Right, okay. The Fantastic Fish Carousel. Awkward. <laughs> Zero G Land. I'm more of a two feet on the ground kind of guy. And the Wonder Coaster. <laughs> I like this trailer, though. You guys did block the wheels, right? Oh, that's what this is for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I definitely watched this. Yeah. This is beginning to feel like a terrible turn of events for us all. I'm with him. Wonderful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who 
Everyone look away. I'm going to throw up. In theaters, March 15th. This looks really cool. So what is this Oscar-nominated movie all about? Uh, Wonder Park tells the story of a magnific magnificent amusement park where the imagination of a wildly creative girl named June comes alive. It's got 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb, 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, 46% uh, on Metacritic, and 79% of Google users like this movie. 29% on Rotten Tomatoes, though. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's a uh, low score. Audience score of 42 on Rotten Tomatoes isn't great either. Yeah. Um, I actually saw... I, I was on the Facebook, and I saw a lot of negative ones, so I'm not super surprised by that. Uh, let's see. Brooke Linsby says... Oh, no. Brooke Linsby Style says, Horrible movie. I feel awful not screening this uh, further prior to taking my kids, but the trailer was completely misleading. Oh. Okay. What happened to the lighthearted kids movie that, that didn't uh, have some deep, dark theme? I grew up watching Cinderella and The Little Mermaid back when I thought Ursula was scary. Uh, I can't even imagine how this generation of children feel now after watching today's versions of kids movies, as they include themes of depression, violence, terminal illness, etc. Uh, our kids will be exposed to all of this soon enough in life. Can't kids be kids at all anymore? Mm -hmm. A lot of that, uh, a lot of people uh, not happy with kind of the me message of it, I guess. Paul Clark says, people putting this movie down for depressing material. Have you seen the movie Up? <laughs> As mentioned, <laughs> it han handled well with the great message in, in the end. Uh, I would say go see, says Paul Clark. So Cool. I went to the Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Erica M in all caps, by the way. The whole review uh, gave it one star. It was so sad for my kids. My six-year-old son and I cried at the movies together. We went to have fun. After the movie was over, I had to have a hard conversation and left him know that I have ever been had to leave him one day to remember that I would not be by choice or because I wanted to. So that's good. Uh, someone gave it a five star and said, uh, kids, nine-year-old boy, eight-year-old boy, seven-year-old girl, and 5.5 young-year-old girl all enjoy and connected with the characters and the teams. No, it's not that as well executed as Inside Out, but my view is it's more a kid-centric movie. I was glad my son instead uh, we see it for his birthday, as we would have given it a pass from from the reviews and missed out on what was an enjoyable experience for the whole family, said Private You, and gave it five star. Okay. Um, <clears throat> this guy, uh, this lady says, I love the movie, but I definitely agree the trailer is nothing like this movie. And then I, th I found this interesting. We just watched the trailer, and it, all over, it says Wonder Park all over the place, bro, right? Mm -hmm. Sarah yeah. Allen says, was anyone else confused why this movie was Wonder Park when the park in the movie is called Wonderland? Did I miss something here? Mm. Hmm. <laughs> 
Also coming out this week is something called Five uh, Feet Apart. Got 7.2 on IMDb, 53% on Rotten Tomatoes, 52 on uh, Metacritic, and 97% of new Google users liked it. 17-year-old Stella spends uh, most of her time in the hospital as cyber fibrosis patient. Her life is full of routines, boundaries, and self-control. All which uh, will be uh, put to the test when she meets well, impossible, charming teen who has the same illness. So this is the oh, we have the same illness uh, movie. Okay, uh, there's an instant f- uh, flirtation, trailer relationship dictated that they must maintain a safe distance between them as. Uh, Connection in interface, so does the temptation to throw the rules out the window and embrace the attraction. It has uh, nobody you know uh, in it, I, I think. Harley Lou Richardson, Chloe Sprouse, Mosey Aras, and Emily Blondie. Never heard of any of them. No. Uh, another movie came came out this weekend, Captive State. After ten years of extraterrestrial occupation, residents of Chicago must decide whether to continue to live under alien rule or support the resistance. Uh, when young Gabriel Drummond joins the insurgency, he soon finds himself under careful scrutiny from a shadowy figure who is trying to crush the rebellion. Uh, directed by Rupert Wyatt, forty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes. 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb and 53% on Metacritic. They're pretty close scores, mm. actually, across the board there. Uh, starring Machine Gun Kelly, John Goodman, <laughs> and uh, Madeline Brewer. Okay. I don't okay. Know. Yeah, I was uh, kind of thought this might be okay, but then the first person I see is Machine Gun Kelly, and I go... Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, doesn't really sound like it, does it? Uh, why don't you take the last one as well? Okay. Oh, for some reason the uh, link is not working. Huh. That's why I want. That's why you wanted me to do it. Uh, <laughs> I'll look it up real quick. But it's called No Manches. Frida 2, obviously a Spanish mm-hmm. uh, movie, sounds like, comedy. Ex-convict uh, Ziki is about to marry Lucy, the love of his life, until jitters turn it into a full-blown fiasco, and she calls off the wedding. Meanwhile, oh. the school finds itself in deep trouble as the gang heads to the water to compete in a tournament of their li- uh, in the tournament of their lives. So this comedy, it's got Martha Higarde, uh, Omar Chaparro, and Aaron Diaz, uh, directed by Nacho Garcia Villalia. Yep. Yep. Of of course. Oh, and it's got 5.3 out of 10 on IMDb. I don't see any... Oh, 96% of Google users like this movie, actually. I'm not seeing a Rotten Tomatoes, though, so... Hmm. So, which of all those movies, if you had to pick, would you go and see, Luke? I guess Captive State. 
Like, Machine Gun yeah. Kelly kind of throws me off, but maybe he's not in all that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally get, uh, agree with you. But Machine Gun Kelly, that really, like, also, like, really, like, got me a little like, what? Really? <laughs> but who knows? Maybe it's an amazing movie with a very controversial rapper. I don't know. The storyline sounds good. You know what I mean? But that, yeah, that yeah. really throws me off. It's like, what, what is this all about? Hmm. But yeah, I, I, I still think that's the one I'd see. Is that the one you think you want to see? Yes, definitely. Of them. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to see Wonder Park before I heard all the bad reviews of it, actually. Okay. But, uh, other than that, so, but, uh, next week, Luke, we will probably do some news because that's what we do. Uh, uh, yeah. We will we will talk about something very very controversial next week. Um, we will talk about uh, anti-vax. Uh, it's um, it's been in the news lately. Um, it actually started like in Washington, right above me. There, like a measles outbreak happened. Um, I, I we've talked about covering this in the past, but I, I think one of the reasons we haven't ever really talked about it is because um, even if you talk about it, it, it almost like gives it. Uh, it's like promoting it without promoting it, but it's so much yeah. in the news right now. I think it's worth talking about at this point. So. Yeah, and uh, our uh, government, uh, one of the government parties came out this week, FRP. Uh, they said that they wanted to ban uh, children that wasn't vaccinated from school. Oh, okay. So I, I saw one article, there's a kid suing his school uh, for not allowing him to participate in certain activities because he didn't get chicken pox vaccine somewhere some, yeah yeah that, that's also happening right now so there's a lot of different things to talk about so uh we will talk about some scandinavian countries next week look in eurovision we will talk about uh finland and denmark next week so that will be interesting okay uh that's uh, the plan for Eurovision. Uh, we will do another digital review for something neither you uh, or me have any interest in whatsoever. Uh, a little independent movie I have absolutely no interest in whatsoever or what look. It's called Us. <laughs> I'm excited yeah. for this, yeah. We are so interested in this it was your number one of most anticipated movies of the year it, it was my number two mm -hmm. of most anticipated movies of this year so yeah saying something. i've already seen the trailer uh and it looks it looks, looks good awesome yeah awesome yeah anything else that we have forgotten before we go uh let's see uh, oh, there's an article out called The Puzzling Deaths in Ferguson. Have you seen this article? No. It's like, uh, all these p 
people who were protesters in the Ferguson, Missouri protests are like mysteriously dying. Uh, yeah, look that up. It's kind of interesting. Uh, I don't want to go too deep into it because it's like a lot of speculation and like almost conspiracy theory, but it's very strange the amount of people that were involved in those protests that are just mis- dying in mysterious fashion. So, hmm. uh, Theresa May just uh, hold, hold a press conference. I'm just uh, going to read something she, she said. I'm not too prepared to delay Brexit any further until the 30th of June. She said in a statement just now, so that's interesting. Wait, she she's not gonna delay it. What what about June? I'm no. confused. Uh, I'm not prepared to delay Brexit any further than 30th of June. Some argue that I'm making the wrong choice and I should ask for a longer extension to give more time for politicians to argue over the way forward. Uh, this would mean that the UK fighting in, in EU election. What kind of message would that send? Or just how bitter and dissensive uh, that election campaign might be at the time the con- when the country is desperately needs uh, bringing back together. Cancelling Brexit would uh, would be incredible damage. It's not just a generation of politicians, but an entire democratic process. So far as Parliament has done everything possible to avoid making it a choice. Right. So. Okay. So, but that they still haven't decided on a delay yet, right? So, she just making no, an announcement that it won't be more than three months away if it, yeah. if there is a delay. I don't know. Yeah. That just gives you time to delay it even more, is in my opinion. But yeah. Whatever. Hopefully, this is over soon. Can we please get it over soon, please, please? It's not as funny as the Nazi treasure train. <laughs> Nazi tra- I think we've been. <clears throat> I think we've had multiple Nazi treasure trains since then, and I think Brexit is definitely one of them, for sure. <laughs> Russia Gate, I yeah. guess, is probably another one. Russia, even- Russia, Russia Gate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm. I'm interested in the Mueller investigation, but it seems like well, like. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if either of those will ever end, but we'll, someday they will, hopefully. <laughs> Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Do you remember that song, Luke? I do. I don't I don't understand the reference, though, but sure. <laughs> no, but I was thinking, like, like everybody being friendly, like... Uh, not argue about politicians uh, or Brexit or and everybody be together in harmony. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yes. Okay. Yes. Everybody be together that's, in harmony. That's the well, that's the yeah. end of the show. There, I guess. Yeah. Okay. From uh, America, his name is Luke. My name is uh, Fro, and I'm from Norway. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. Goodbye.